Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Come in. Howdy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're in a, listen to Hungry Ghost, by the way. We're in old America this time. America City, USA. American boy. things. Yep. Um, oh, American <laughs> things. Land of the land of the brave, home of the home free. Of the free. Oh shit. Yep. We love American things. <laughs> We've been thrice together. Thrice together. Hungry yeah. Ghost field trips to America. Yeah. Um, twice coast to coast. Yep. Once. We did a recent uh, trip, which was kind of imagine if you will the shape of a W. A shape of it. We call it the W route after w George route. W. Bush. Yep. Um, so we've done a lot of travels in America. Um, Thirty six states. Now we've done after this most states. recent recent tour. Um, and yeah, so the most recent one was we basically wanted because we wanted to go to the Indy Five Hundred, mm. which is a for the uninitiated a uh, race of cars where they go around in a big oval yes. and they're like halfway to an F1 car called Indy, 500, Indy yeah. car racing. So it's going around in circles like NASCAR because I feel like lots of British people know what NASCAR is but you're not racing a NASCAR you're it's racing not a rally car, it's more of an F1 type car. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we were we went in the infield which is just you stand in the middle of a large sort of circle uh, which is in, also known as the track. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you're, and so you can't actually see anything um, you can hear the zoom, 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 zoom. Occasionally, as all the cars come past, well, you can hear it. You can't see a thing because it's um, so fast. And we went to the. There's like a mini festival that goes on within the infield. Yes. It starts at like nine in the morning mm-hmm. called the Snake Pit. Rock and roll. Well, EDM. No, EDM music. <laughs> um, I mean, we were slightly shortchanged because the best thing about it was supposed to be that um, Shaquille O'Neal, oh. aka. Shaq, DJ AKA Diesel, DJ Diesel mm. was supposed to be playing a headline set at ten in the morning. Yeah, but he had to pull out because he had NBA related commitments. The NBA overran. Uh, yeah, the Celtics yeah. got through to the playoffs or something, semi-finals or something. Yes, yeah. um, too many games. So Shaq was otherwise engaged, sadly, um, but it was still good fun. Very good Some fun. terrible music. Yeah. Uh, some kind of terrible, but also good food. Yeah. Tenderloin. Tenderloin, pork tenderloin. It's like an l- enormous pork cutlet. It's a schnitzel, yeah. A schnitzel, but in, in bread. bread. So it's but, beige and dry. But obviously, usually, obviously it's, it's burger bun. So you, obviously, it's a normal size schnitzel, which is wide and flat. Leaking out the sides and, of the bun. And then you've got a small burger bun in the middle, and you kind of have to eat the schnitzel to get to the bread. Yeah. Um, Quite, kind of delicious. Kinda. Wouldn't have one every day. Um, and we American did off, and we did our first ever tailgate. Yes. Which is a great American tradition. Great American tradition. Um, sort of pre-drinks, meats, sports, meats. Having a barbecue, as we would call it, or a cookout, as they would probably say, or a, a grill. Um, I would not sure I'd call beer pong a sport. Would you call beer darts? Beer darts. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, yeah, like you said, they, they just gather their pickup trucks. I mean, mm. the fact that everyone has a pickup truck, obviously, you know you're in America. Yeah, and obviously, um, in case the name didn't give it away, we're in Indiana- Indianapolis in yes, the Midwest. Yeah. So, real America. Real, the heart of, and soul of America. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they gather and they sort of put food and drinks on the back of their pickups. Mm-hmm. And they set up some drinking games, obviously beer pong, but also beer darts, which was new to us. Yes. Uh, where you stand, you're in, you're in two teams, each team member stands kind of, teams of two, that is, stands maybe 20 feet apart, something mm-hmm. like that. And then at your feet is like a block of wood with a little sort of rudimentary dartboard set up on mm. it. In front of the dartboard is a can of beer, uh, on top of that is a jelly shot. And you have darts, I guess three goes each maybe. Yeah. And you have to try, obviously try and hit the can or the jelly shot. If you hit the jelly shot, the other person on the other team has to drink it. You hit the can, you have to drink down to the point on the can where the dart goes in. And if you hit the board, you get points or something. Yeah. And we, because being British, we kind of have background, we have like a genetic memory of talent yes. of darts from pubs. <laughs> Muscle memory. Yeah. Um, memory. So 
compared to Americans, we were insanely good at beer darts. <laughs> really fucking good at Even beer though darts. I probably, I mean, I reckon I play darts probably once a year. It's, in a it's kind of like being really bad at darts because the thing is on the floor. Yeah. It's actually like if you're shit at darts, which we probably both are, actually you're going to be quite good at beer darts because you, the aim is to. If get you aim the floor. for like dart, <laughs> aim high and hit the floor. And just hit the yeah. can every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, they also had cornhole, which is uh, also known as dad hole. Yeah, um, they. <laughs> we first witnessed that on on TV on our first trip into America back in 2017. Uh, we were watching what was known as the championship of bags. Yeah, um, when it's you throw a sort of bean bag into a onto a board at the, at the other person's feet, and if it lands on the board, you get a point. If it goes in a hole that's on the board, that's just one hole, you get three points. Um, and it is huge in in particularly the yeah. South and the Midwest. Everyone seems to. I'm, I'm pretty sure in in classic American style they call it the World Championship of mm. Bags, even though it's just a load of Americans. Yeah, playing. No one's playing <laughs> outside of America. Um, but it is great actually, Cornell. Mm. Yeah, it's really good fun. Right. We're not very good at it though. We're much better at beer darts. Yeah, yeah. We thought we were quite good, but we we played some real Americans. And we were shit. Yeah, we turned out to be shit. Um, but. All good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, actually it wasn't that long ago. I feel like I've not shifted the America weight yet. I've been trying quite hard, but it's difficult. I feel that. worse. I mean, bearing in mind, so we also went to Glastonbury since then. Yes. I think I felt worse after America than I did after Glastonbury. Definitely. Which is saying something. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, yeah. it's just not a healthy cuisine. Um, no. And the Americans themselves would admit that. Here's a fun fact for you. Um in a 2012 study, so not that recent, and I imagine the number's gone up since then, seeing as the world has got a lot worse since then. Yeah. Um, in 2012, 52% of Americans believed that doing their tax returns was easier than figuring out how to have a healthy diet. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to figure out a healthy diet. <laughs> Just goes to show. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. They're, uh... Yeah, it's not... I mean, they well, just see... I think, you know, even over here, even people who eat a lot of fast food, mm. they kind of know you're not supposed to eat it all the time. Yes. At least, even if they're kind of addicted to it, when yeah. they do it all the time. Like, but in America, it's like, you know, even for people who outwardly seem to be quite healthy, they just see it as a restaurant. So they'll just mm. be like, that's just a place you go to get food. So yeah. it's like, oh, I'm hungry. I was going to get McDonald's. Yeah. Without much of a thing of, I feel like over here, it's you know much it's more common to be like, you know, it's a guilty pleasure rather than just yeah, the norm. Which I'm not saying, obviously, it's also not healthy to have, have guilt around food and stuff. <laughs> but like, it's definitely better to have some kind of awareness of like, you probably shouldn't have McDonald's every day no. or, or even every week. Or, Whereas, yeah, like, every couple of months when they bring out a new special. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a different, different relationship. Completely different yeah. mindset around food and drink. They... Uh, you know, it's much more common for them to eat out for every single meal mm-hmm. than it is in the UK. We, you know, here eating out is very much luxury. In America, it is normal to eat out um, all the time. Uh, and the same with drinking. Like, you know, we we were in bars. Obviously, we were on a holiday, so we could get smashed as much as we wanted to. But, you know, we could be on bars on a Monday or Tuesday night and there would be, they would be full of people sat at the bar smashing back, you know, loads and loads of neat alcohol, whiskey, shots. Yeah cocktails and, you know the British are much better drinkers generally than, than Americans but maybe we were just hanging out with the the hardcore the people who are drinkers. in a bar on a Tuesday might be the seasoned drinkers and that's probably coloured our perception a yeah. little bit of, of what it's like but I they feel, do know a lot more drinking than in the middle of the week than I would say we, we I was thinking about why it is that like they for example eat out three times a day mm. and like I think there's partly um do you reckon it's like because there's so much about like it's almost like the point of life for Americans not obviously not for all Americans but more ingrained in their culture is like you know you earn money and then you spend money yes because it's good for the economy 100% so it's like the idea of like penny pinching (laughs) or eat cooking at home (laughs) is like that's on America that's communist that's on American sir (laughs) How are you going to support the local McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> selfish to cook. It is at selfish home. to cook at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, I mean, I got to the point where, because like, I feel like probably both of us, it's true of, but like, I eat quite healthily at home. Mm, so yeah. particularly like the, the previous trips we'd done in America were like, year, quite, like a few years ago. Uh, and I think now, partly just being a bit older as well, you really feel the you difference. feel the impact like, on your body. Of not, not having vegetables. Not having vegetables. Like, so I was like absolutely desperate. Like everywhere we went, I'd try and get like, obviously we were eating like the local cuisine, which mm. often is like, you know, barbecue or burgers yeah. or whatever. But um, I would just be like, I'd try and mitigate this by getting a salad, side mm. salad, get some vegetables in. And you can't order a salad without a dressing, an incredibly American dressing. It's got to be like, <laughs> you know, ranch, ranch or, or whatever, like yeah. something really, it's all like heavy, yeah. really heavy. Covered and, in cheese. Yeah. And even when you, even if we, you just get like a vinaigrette, it's always really like sweet and mm. sort of thick mm. and like... Sugary. Yeah, sugary. Uh, cheese often on, on yeah like great well, like shredded cheese shredded not like cheese. a nice feta or mozzarella that you might have in a salad no. at home it's like shredded orange cheese Gosh. just dumped on top of your lettuce leaves it's like that's not I mean the cheese over there yeah. in, as well is mm. like I mean I'm led to believe that there is good cheese in America I'm sure there is but like the cheese that you get as being because we're from the west country so we're from the home of cheddar yes more or less yeah they so we they know. stick that cheddar label on a lot of things that I can't believe they're allowed cheddar. to do it yeah if the if like you know the Italians can have parmesan it has to be well they well we'll get into this in the upcoming west country special I think yeah but um the Italians don't have parmesan they have uh, parmigiano reggiano that's the oh that's the that's difference. the name and right. farmhouse Mature cheddar is the protected name. Anyone can call anything Parmesan. Anyone can call anything cheddar if they want. It doesn't go far enough, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Cheddar should be protected. Anyway, um, well, yeah, I mean, like, fa- like one of the famous, um, maybe the most famous thing of like when people think, oh, like shit American food, they think mm. of easy cheese, which is cheese, yes. like cheese you get in a can. <laughs> um, but it's by no means the only. Insane American food. I took the liberty of bringing, <laughs> pulling together a few examples. Strainer number one. We got deep fried butter. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. I thought Scotland was bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So, in, um, in 20... Let me find this. In 2009, mm. Abel Gonzalez Jr. of Dallas, Texas... Also known as Fried Jesus. <laughs> that is a really good nickname. <laughs> Invented deep fried butter, serving it at the 2009 State Fair of Texas in Dallas. Uh, prepared using frozen and then battered butter. Wow. It won the award of the Most Creative Food Prize. How was that creative? <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, there's been later variations. Deep fried butter on a stick at the Iowa State mm. Fair. They love food on a stick in Iowa. Yeah. Corn dogs, etc. Yeah. Um, frozen butter dipped in a honey and cinnamon flavoured batter deep fried until browned and topped with a confectioner's sugar glaze Jesus Christ how much butter are they doing at one time well it seems like look I'll show you I mean it's not to scale where there's a fork in this picture okay so it's like it's, I reckon it's, it's not a stick I was, I was picturing a whole you know pack of butter yeah but this is the OG this is the Texas version oh, okay. not on a stick so I but, reckon it's probably we're talking maybe a ball of about two or three inches across. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So slightly bigger than a golf ball with butter. And you're then not just having one. No, you're not just having one, that's true. And then you've got the, then you've got the batter on the outside. Yeah. Um, um, it kind of just looks like, you know, a tiny little donut or... Yeah, like a beignet, beignet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by no means Fried Jesus' only <laughs> fried invention. I mean, you don't get the nickname Fried Jesus without at no. least one miracle. Is he open for interviews, by the way? Oh, yeah, we should get him on. <laughs> He's the inventor of several deep-fried items, deep-fried butter, also deep-fried Coke. Oh, yeah, I have, I've seen that before on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I was weird. a bit disappointed by reading Because when yeah. I heard about it, I thought, he's found a way to deep-fry a liquid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's not but that. actually, he's just flavoured some batter with Coke. Yeah, he's made the batter with Coke instead of uh, with water yeah. or other milk or eggs. And then... Yeah, frozen Coca-Cola flavoured batter that is then deep fried and then topped with Coca-Cola syrup, whipped cream, cinnamon, sugar and a cherry. 
And that was from the 2006 State Fair mm. in Texas. Same guy. Um, I'm surprised that he went to, to deep frying Coke before he went to deep frying butter. You'd think that like, as a solid food, you'd think, oh, you know, open the fridge, what can I deep fry today? But I mean, he's a maverick. You go for solids over liquids. You would think, but that's why they call him Jesus. Well, yeah. They say that fried Coke has 830 calories per cup. How big's the cup? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Jello salad, or as we would call it, jelly salad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, an American salad made with flavoured gelatin, fruit, and sometimes grated carrots, or more rarely, other vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to eat carrots with jelly in the first place? That sounds horrendous. Horrible. So this, the, the picture on Wikipedia is of a massive jelly served on a bed of lettuce. Ooh. Grim. Um, and there's various variants sea foam salad cafeteria and buffet staple composed of lime flavored jelly cream cheese pears maraschino mm. cherries and whipped topping who is eating this americans <laughs> <laughs> they think a salad if they if that's a salad to them they need to take a long hard look at themselves i know they've also got i mean i've just gone down the whole of american dessert salads and i wish i had <laughs> Although I do like the name. This one's called the Watergate Salad. Oh, to commemorate the uh, scandal? Also, maybe. Also referred to as Pistachio Delight or (laughs) Shut the Gate Salad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Colloquially known as Green Goop, Green Goddess Salad, Green Fluff, Green Stuff, or Mean Green. It's made from pistachio pudding, canned pineapple, whipped topping, crushed pecans, pecans. (laughs) Pecans. Okay. <laughs> Marshmallows. Just, oh, God. Yeah. Stop it, guys, please. Stop it. Um, um, have you heard of dishwasher salmon? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds horrible. It's an American fish dish made with the heat from a dishwasher, particularly it's from its drying phase. I mean, you wouldn't use the... So, raw fish I mean, into let me... a dishwasher at the drying yeah. phase. Let me read you the recipe. Wrapped, wrapped in... Tinfoil, I guess. Pieces of salmon are spiced. Okay. That's important. It doesn't <laughs> specify which spices. Spiced and wrapped tightly in at least two layers of aluminum foil, this being America, and put in a dishwasher. The dishwasher is set to perform the wa- oh, wash and dry cycle. Oh. The salmon is broiled, whatever that means. It's steamed. Like what we would call grilling, grilled, yeah. But like... Uh, so it's not grilled, is it? Because it's, it's, it's in a hot dishwasher. It's a hot dishwasher, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it, broiling yeah. is not... Well, if something's really wet, it's not being broiled. No, broiling for a UK listener is the grill in the oven. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the hot filament that you put the thing under. Yeah. Um, but this claims that it's broiled, steamed, and baked all at once. No. <laughs> An advantage of the method is that cooking is odourless. The disadvantage is... <laughs> Dirty dishwashers dishes. do not have temperature... <laughs> do not have thermostats, so um, there is a risk the fish will not cook completely. <laughs> Uh, you know that's terrible it was demonstrated by Vincent Price in 1975 when appearing on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson Price presented the dish as a dish any fool can prepare (laughs) even an American (laughs) even an American very odd very odd Um, on the subject of state fairs uh, we've yet to go to a state fair but I I feel like it's in our future at some stage Um, we managed a rodeo and that's as yeah, that's as close as we've Probably got. Probably the best event we've been to in America. Yeah. And they, they're the two big ones really are the Iowa and the Texas State Fair. They're kind of the uh, the, the biggest and best of the uh, the culinary slash uh, interesting shit they've got going on there. Um, the Iowa State Fair, um, on the subject of butter, have a £600 butter cow that they wheel out every year that could make uh, enough... But well, is is enough butter? There's a is a cow made of butter. A cow made of butter. <laughs> wow! Um, and they make it every year, carve it out of butter, uh, and it's enough butter to uh, to butter uh, nineteen thousand two hundred slices of toast. So, so and it just stands there, <laughs> melting there in the heat of Iowa Iowa sun. sun. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I was thinking like, that, like a golden calf. Yeah, presumably they refrigerate it somehow. Um, 
And then other weird things, you, you mentioned obviously food on a stick. So um, a woman in 2014 for charity at the Minnesota State Fair, she uh, for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which people are probably familiar with, um, decided to eat every single food on a stick available at the oh. Minnesota State Fair. That's the kind of challenge I've got a lot of time for. Yeah, it was 93 items or wow. 93 sticks that she went through. Wow. Um, which is mental. She would probably need to make a wish after that much fried shit. Make a wish for to live another day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, our old friend Jay Webby would probably have something He'd to say. He'd probably love that, him. actually. Yeah. He'd probably um, scoff at that. Yeah, He'd that's do it nothing in 10 to minutes. He'd do it in 10 minutes. He's a legend. Um, in California State Fair, you can get grilled snake on a stick, which mm. um, hopefully okay. it's nice in the steak that we've discussed in, in prior yeah, episodes. Yeah, snake salad. Grizzly snake salad. And then away from the world of um, food and more in the kind of world of the bazaar, um, in other state fairs, there's um, they have shark tanks in, I believe, the Oklahoma State Fair. It's a landlocked state, but they bring in sharks so you can watch the sharks. They've got a monorail, I believe, also Ooh. in California State Fair. Love that. Um, and they have uh, an event called Husband Calling where old wives call their husbands over using sort of a series of insults and heckling. Oh, nice. Um, and then one that probably isn't the most PC is um, they have um, a sport, and I can't remember which state fair it's in, um, in which monkeys race on the back of dogs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to get to a state fair. It definitely feels like it's, it's a bit of Americana past of like, yeah. you know, People can get away with a lot of stuff at a state fair. Normal it's, rules don't the apply. The normal rules don't apply. It's a carnivalesque atmosphere. Carnivalesque atmosphere. Carnies are running society the show. Society is turned on its head. Society's turned on its head. You can race a monkey on top of a dog. Wow! If you want I, to, I think it was at a. I think it was at Iowa State Fair. We talked about in a previous episode where they held a erotic hot dog eating, a corn dog eating mm. contest, where whoever ate a corn dog in the most erotic way, as yes. judged by the the spectators, yes, won. I don't know, money? Something. Respect. Uh, on the subject of corn, we shouldn't discuss America and our previous trips to America without discussing the Mitchell Corn Palace. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mitchell, South Dakota. Back in 2019, when we drove from Seattle to Boston, through the, the mountains of the north via mm. the Kentucky Derby in the south, <laughs> um, we drove simply because we had to through South Dakota. Yeah, there's no way around it. Uh, left to right, as the crow <laughs> yeah. flies. And it's just nothing, but it's just pure corn. It's hundreds of hundreds miles of, miles pure, of pure corn. corn. Flat corn. I think we did it in a, in a day, didn't we? Which is mental. Yeah, the we, whole we started in a different state and we ended in a different state. Yeah. And we, we didn't even stop. Well, we didn't sleep in South Dakota. We stopped, obviously, a couple of times for yeah. you know, piss stops and food stops and to see Mount Rushmore. Was that when we stayed in Rapid City? Uh, I think Rapid City is where Mount Rushmore is. We right. started in Gillette, Wyoming, Gillette. home of God. the uh, Razor. No, it's not related. <laughs> <laughs> and ended up in uh, Rochester, Rochester, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah, um, um, yeah. And so we cleared South Dakota in a day because mm. there's just very little to do there, except the world's only corn palace, <laughs> as the Mitchell South Dakota Corn Palace. Builds itself. Mm. And I imagine they probably won't have any pretenders to that throne anytime soon. Um, because it is quite simply a palace of corn. <laughs> um, it's, believe it or not, a building in a... Well, I'll start with a bit of history. Sure. It was built in order to... So this is... We're going back to the late 19th century. And actually back then, supposedly wasn't the only corn palace. Oh. Uh, a number of cities on the Great Plains where there's really not that much else to do, mm. constructed crop palaces known as grain palaces to promote themselves as their products and their products. Uh, there was one in Sioux City, Iowa. There was one in Gregory, South Dakota, one in Plankington, South Dakota, <laughs> um, and a bluegrass palace in Creston, Iowa. Um, but the original Mitchell Corn Palace, built in 1892 to showcase the rich soil of South Dakota and encourage people to settle in the area. So it was a, it's the Crystal Palace of Corn. Yes. It was built for an expert. Yeah. We Although, can't stress this enough. It is literally a building made out of corn. Yeah. Uh, 
The permanent structure is not made of corn, no. so, <laughs> but it is decorated with genuine corn murals. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, if, if you are so inclined, and I know you will be, to go onto the Corn Palace website, that's cornpalace.com, <laughs> there's a corn cam, which is just a webcam. A live show. corn cam. Just a webcam on the outside of the building, um, which just looks the same as... It, it brings back some real memories, always, that. It's, Americans milling about there down the It's bottom. kind of got, like, onion-style domes yeah. similar to maybe St. Basil's, I would yeah. say, in Red Square. Um, yeah. So if you can kind of picture that, but made of corn, um, you you basically got it. So it's, it's a sight to behold. Absolutely, if you're ever in the South Dakota area, it's a must-visit. Yeah, it's got a... So it was rebuilt a few times, and um, in 19... 19- 37 was when the Russian style onion domes and Moorish minarets that you mm. see before you today uh, were added. So, I mean, really, it's a palace like no other. It's decorated entirely with corn and it has Russian onion domes and Moorish minarets. A real clash of cultures. It's a real thing of um, beauty. And I think it may have been closed when we visited. Yeah, we couldn't go in, but the, the, the real, it's about the outside because that's where the corn is. That, so we, we, didn't, we didn't need to go in. I think they had a function or something that, that we weren't uh, didn't have tickets for. Uh, but also we had another 400 miles to drive, so we wouldn't have been able to make it anyway. Yeah, the murals change every year. Um, and I mean, as they say on their website, well, they describe it, I would question this, as the agricultural showplace of the world. Have they been to uh, the Bath and West showground when they're ju- <laughs> judging the size of a pumpkin or a marrow? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Have they been to Lambeth Country Fair <laughs> in Brockwell Park? Sheep shearing, you got that. <laughs> um, and that's in London. Hmm. They say this. We currently use, we currently use twelve different colours or shades of corn to decorate the corn palace: red, brown, black, blue, white, orange, calico, yellow, and now we got green corn. What? what? <laughs> A different theme is chosen each year. And murals are designed to reflect the theme. This year seems to be a kind of circus theme, which oh. is good fun. Um, anyway, whenever you're in Mitchell, South Dakota, you got to go to the corn palace because. Ah. There really is nothing else to do. You absolutely must. Now, on the subject of corn, um, we've taken a long time getting around to this, but mm. we should probably talk about what we're drinking today. Rain makes corn. Rain makes corn. What does corn make? Corn make whiskey. Oh, yeah. And whiskey make my baby feel a little frisky. Um, so we're, we're drinking um, today a lovely bourbon, which is, is very much the, the drink of America, I would oh, yeah, say. I'd say so. you know, when you think about kind of American produce, bourbon is one of the things that, that really comes up um, as number one. So we're drinking Smoke Wagon Bourbon, um, and this was a bourbon that's from Las Vegas, of all places. So many people think that bourbon has to come from Kentucky only, um, or you know, somewhere in the south, but actually bourbon can be made anywhere in the United States or any of its territories. So right. you could, you know, you could in theory have a bourbon from Alaska, you can have a, a bourbon from Guam or Puerto Rico. Wow. Um, so bourbon anywhere from Hawaii. Or from Hawaii, yeah. Um, I mean, there's probably people working on this sort of stuff. Maybe not in Alaska due to the weather, but I mean, actually an Alaskan bourbon might be quite similar to a scotch because it has a similar kind of temperature. Mm, yeah. Um, and it has to be made from at least the, a mixture that is at least 51% corn. Right. Um, so that's where the, the connection to, to corn comes comes in. Um so, and then the bourbon that we're drinking specifically is called Smoke Wagon Bourbon. Um, it's from Las Vegas. Um, this was recommended to me by an American man in a bar in Savannah. We were talking about whiskey. Um, he said he uh, couldn't get this back home where he was from in Florida, but it was up in Savannah where we were and said, you know, make sure you get a bottle of Smoke Wagon while you're here. Um, and... The name Smoke Wagon, I was Googling earlier, um, is the Old West slang for the 1873 Colt single-action army revolver known as the gun that won the West. Yep. Um, and two uh, Colt revolvers are, are stamped on the on the label. Um, and, yeah, well, we'll give it a go. Yeah. Uh, let's see if that man in an American bar knows his onions. Good sound effects. Cheers. Cheers. 
Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very good indeed. Um, it's sweet. It's bourbony. Very, very tasty. Flavour notes that are fruit forward with lots of candy. Yes. Non-specific. Cinnamon, spice and plenty of heat. I agree with that. It's, it's very it's, warm. Yeah, it is warm. I yeah. like it. It fits with uh, the chilli episode that we were just recording before. From last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just one final thing is it's uh, motto, which they print on the label, and, you know, don't come at me if you speak Latin good, um, is um, Bibamus uh, Moriendum Est, which they say is a quote from Seneca, um, the literal translation of uh, of which is drink for we must die, which generally sort of means, you know, drink, enjoy life because we won't be around forever. So, you know. Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah, it's nice, that. Yeah, very good. I like it. Yeah, we've um, we've been partial to a distillery tour mm. three on our travels in America. That's for damn sure. So we went, the first, well, the second trip when we went to Kentucky, I think maybe both times when we went to Kentucky. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we did, we went to the Bullet Distillery. Yeah, we went to Bullet in 2019. Woodford Reserve. We did Woodford Reserve in 2017. Yeah. Um, and the most recent time, mm-hmm. 2023, 2023, we visited the unfortunately named town of Lynchburg, Tennessee, <laughs> uh, and visited the home of a little guy called Jack Daniel. Jack Daniels, Uncle Jack, they call him. Yep. And well, I mean, anyone who lives <clears throat> probably anywhere in the Western mm. world. Well, no, that like Jack Daniels is extremely well marketed. Yes. Um, for what is, I mean, not really great whiskey, is it? <laughs> it's not. It's not the best. But um, yeah, it's weird. Like you know, you'll be on the tube. The tube. Has, yeah. There's like all the, those ads of like telling step, step, stories of the episodes of Uncle Jack's life. Uncle Jack. You shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great reading on the tube. I always do read yeah. them because it's something to do for a couple of minutes while you wait for your tube. But yeah. um, it's, uh, I would say, somewhat of an anticlimax when you get to Lynchburg, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, the whole town of Lynchburg is basically revolves around Jack Daniels. Yeah. It's just a tiny little town. And then there's the distillery, which is all very nice. Mm-hmm. I think lots of people work there who live yeah. in Lynchburg. The guy who showed us around was like third generation Jack Daniels employee yeah, or something. Like. Um and the rest of it is just like a few shops where they they sell like Jack Daniels memorabilia. Mm. But uh was interesting. Um main takeaways for me were they showed us his safe in his yes. office where supposedly like they say the the way Jack Daniel died was um he had an awful I, temper on yeah, him. <laughs> as you can imagine, like this whole thing, because the branding of Jack Daniels is all about Jack Daniel and like they're obsessed with him. Yeah. So like the whole of this tour, the tone of it was all like, oh, well, old Uncle Jack. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, he had quite the temper and he never could open that safe. <laughs> and so supposedly one morning he kicked a safe in frustration and then his foot got infected and he died. As a result of it. How stupid is that? <laughs> Um, Could have put some whiskey on it. That would have uh, exactly, got rid yeah, of the probably, gangrene probably a little bit. Have, yeah. yeah, but um, the main takeaway from it that was uh, quite funny was bearing in mind we're in Tennessee. There was genuinely a uh, truck with a Confederate flag <laughs> on it in the parking lot or car park, <laughs> um, and but it seems to so there was a lot of like talk about how. Um, Mr. Jack was a eligible bat, the most eligible bachelor. Yeah, in so he died. He died single. He never married. Um, never married. No kids. No kids. Um, no documented relationships of any kind. No. But um, of course, so there is some. There's some conjecture that he may have been gay. Yes, which is obviously quite possible. Mm. Um, but completely forbidden in exactly. the South in the 1800s and, and indeed, indeed today. today. <laughs> <laughs> so they they made the big. Uh, song and dance over like uh suggesting that he definitely wasn't gay so he's like it was a bit of a playboy in their eyes like lynchburg's most eligible bachelor the guy was like um 
Well, many local women wept at his passing. Yeah. We don't have the names, though, or any <laughs> details any about details. him. <laughs> yeah. And, they, and he said, they're like, well, they say Uncle Jack had a girlfriend in each city in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know the names, though, or anything about him. Yeah, and there's also this sort of single man who had lots of female friends and loved to dance. Loved to dance, yeah. Um, famously sort of, you know, ticks a few boxes. Not, <laughs> yeah. to, <laughs> not to, you know, make any cliches or anything, yeah. but I feel like they're doing a lot of... Uh, a lot to kind of sweep that under the rug because obviously it doesn't kind of meet with the the rugged southern macho aesthetic that yeah. Jack Daniels, but uh, Tennessee whiskey tries to kind of put across. Well, they actually, as a as a brand, landed themselves in some hot water, mm. some Bud Light style hot water <laughs> yeah. recently. When they, I can't even remember what it was. I think they just did a tweet or something in the, like they support some pride, pride yeah. month and. Um, all the comments under it were like, you just lost a lifelong drinker. <laughs> These Americans. Just like, um, yeah. Yeah, but that's Tennessee for you. That's Tennessee for you. But it was good fun. Mm. Uh, we actually did the um, Cowards tour. Yeah, The dry tour. I think tour. that was what I thought was anti-climax because I didn't drink any. Because we were driving. Yeah, we were driving. Um, we were very sensible. But um, So yeah, there's no alcohol, which... I mean, we would have had to just drink Jack Daniels at the end, so exactly. no big loss. And the other ones, I would for Reserve and Bullet, it's both really nice. Yeah. Them, so yeah. that was worth doing. We did the Bullet uh, distillery on the morning of the Kentucky Derby. Mm. And <clears throat> I can't remember what we did the night before, but we were pretty hungover, I think, already at that point. Yeah, we, yeah we've yeah, been on tour for about a week and a half, <laughs> yeah. drinking every day. <laughs> and we met like a group of friends in... Chicago and gone down with them to that was right we went out in Chicago yeah. the night before gone down with them to um, Louisville so yeah we did that and then of course went to the Kentucky Derby and had a lot of the, the drink of choice at the Kentucky Derby is a mint julep mm. as anyone will know who's familiar with it but uh, that's like a whiskey and mint and sugar yeah it's kind of a um, it's a whiskey mojito without the the soda water. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, whiskey, mint, sugar, and ice, basically. Mm. Um, goes down very easily. Goes down smooth. I lost my phone. Yeah. After that. <laughs> we was, I was wrestling with, with our friend Alex in a car park, and then <laughs> just lost my phone. It happens. Um, and went back the next morning. So we were like, okay, we'll get out of here now, because it was really busy. Went back the next day to the, it was outside of Target, I think it was. Yeah. And um, I, we could, I could remember the exact spot where it was, right by the doors of the Target, and went in to the Target to ask if they'd, anyone had handed it in. And then the first thing you saw when you walked into the supermarket was one of those phones where you just, one of those machines where you just put a phone in and get money. Yeah, recycle your phone for <laughs> recycle cash. Recycle your phone for cash. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit of a no-hoper, that one. Yeah. But um, all in the name of fun. Mm. Yeah. Um one thing that was a real theme of particularly this most recent trip was we discovered the world of state insignias. <laughs> um, particularly, we had kind of vague awareness of, so in America, every state has these symbols. And like you see it sometimes on uh, license plates. So if a car's from um, Idaho, for example... Mm. It bears the slogan, famous potatoes. Yeah. Because Idaho is apparently famous for potatoes. <laughs> and um, Georgia says the peach state. Peach state. Yeah. And yeah. You know, we have it a little bit around like, you know, there's lions or the English firing and stuff like that, but very, very minor level. Whereas... Yeah, but it would be like going, it would be like, I know obviously the states are massive, but like if you drove, if you had like a Yorkshire license plate mm. and it had like a stick of rhubarb on it. Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, in general, like we have, we do have insignia for our, countries but we don't yeah we certainly do not but, go into the level that they go to in america well the thing that i find really funny about america is they formalize it yes. so it's like they genuinely in fact i've got an example of one which hasn't been formalized and it's a bit of a contentious <laughs> subject but i'll get to that in a minute but they like it's passed by the senate yeah there's, and the there's, House a, there's to be like what legislative is. time is spent dealing with these matters when they could be yeah. like solving problems and you know homelessness or whatever and some of the categories are insane yeah like they have state soil <laughs> state crustaceans <laughs> state snack foods <laughs> um so 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've assembled a few of them. Mm. Um, and stupid cat. Some of them are obvious, like, you know, Georgia State fruit is the peach. Of course. Although, I mean, one of the few examples of fresh fruit or vegetables that I ate on this recent trip was we we were in Georgia and it was peach season. So yeah. we thought we'd go and get some peaches. Yeah. And we stopped at a gas station to get some gasoline. And there Petrol. was a, a man <laughs> selling peaches. And we were like, brilliant. Yeah. Like we're laughing. We can get those peaches we've been talking about the whole time. We got charged, I think it was $15. $15 for, for seven peaches. Seven, something for like that. A punnet of peaches. Punnet of peaches. And they literally tasted like ones you'd buy in like Sainsbury's in December. Yeah. And they went rotten in two days. Yeah. I mean, that probably suggests they were fresh. Fresh. We just keep them but, in the car in. Yeah, June in the deep south. I, I didn't well. think because we were looking for like peach, and it's famous. There's these peach farms we, where we probably should have gone to one of them. Mm. But like at the time, I was thinking because this guy was a kind of it was a bit of like a sort of toothless simpleton. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I described. Um, and yeah, probably wasn't the best peach salesman. But you know what? We ticked it off. We t- had some Georgia yeah. peaches. Yeah, never again. <laughs> um. But yeah, some of them, like I say, some of the categories of state insignia is a bit more obscure. So, the Alabama State Lagoon. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you guess what that might be? Uh, peanuts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peanuts grow good down there. Uh, the Arkansas State Grain. Rice. Oh, rice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, believe it. I was going for rice. Yeah. The Arkansas State Grape is uh, Vitis Aestivalis. Oh. I only know red and green when it comes to grapes. Well, it's right? a green one, but... The, the wine ones, I guess. It, well, that's... Worryingly, they, they say that it's shown potential in wine. Oh, no. <laughs> I would not be eating an Arkansas wine. No. Drinking, certainly not eating. Uh, probably not even drinking an Arkansas state wine. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, the, yeah, again, like, you can't really, like... Until you've read a few of these, you, you start to realise how bizarre it is, because it's formalised... But then the categories change every single state. But yeah, they well. make up their they own categories. There's no, so, there's no federal. So it categories. goes from being really specific. So we got Arkansas, Alabama State Legume, and then Connecticut State Food. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pizza. A pit, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Florida State Honey. <laughs> Tapilo Honey. Never heard of it. Tapilo Honey. Louisiana State Meat Pie. <laughs> Natchitoches meat pie. <laughs> Presumably then they have a dessert pie as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, they're specifying meat pie. Let me look that up. So Natchitoches meat pie is just as it says simple ground beef, pork, onions, peppers, garlic and oil. Sounds quite nice. Um meat meat pie. Hmm. Shit. No, there's no state other type That's of pie. That's insane, because so many other states have a state pie. Yeah, we've just got the state meat pie, state vegetable, sweet potato, state cuisine, gumbo. Mm. They branch out for a whole cuisine, and that's a dish, really, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they've got two state jellies, Mayhaw jelly <laughs> and Louisiana sugarcane jelly, and the state fruit is a strawberry. Um, 22, no, 11 states have a... Uh, have a pie as okay. part of their national and uh, state insignia. Some form of pie. Yeah. That's mental. The Florida... Actually, in fact, Maine has two state pies. Wow. It's got a state dessert, which is the blueberry pie, and then the state treat, which is the whoopie pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whoopie pie is a giant Oreo. Yeah, it? it's That's a giant Oreo. Yeah. One of the ones that made me laugh was uh, the Massachusetts state dessert is a Boston cream pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Massachusetts State Cookie is a chocolate chip cookie. I think Mm. the good folks over at Maryland might have something to say about that. Well, indeed. Oklahoma, um, interestingly, have have kind of swerved around a lot of this controversy and gone for a state meal. So there's, as a starter, a main and dessert, Well, which is a pecan pie. Isn't it, in fact... I mean, it's an insane... collection of di- so like, yeah i feel like it's a roast dinner type vibe, like or you know a pick and mix you've got i mean this is it in full barbecued pork chicken fried steak sausage with biscuits and gravy black eyed peas corn fried okra grits squash cornbread pecan pie and strawberries 
Yeah, I feel like this is a sharing platter at a, like a family gathering. Mm. I think you're <laughs> underestimating the American. <laughs> this is a meal for one. <laughs> yeah, this is a freedom meal. They say that um, depending on portion sizes, it might the meal may come in at two thousand seven hundred <laughs> calories. In uh, the state of Vermont, uh, the state pie is an apple pie, but in order to be the state pie, it is required by law to be served with the following. A glass of cold milk, a slice of cheddar cheese weighing a minimum of half an ounce, or a large scoop of ice cream. Milk and ice cream, absolutely get that. Who the fuck wants a slice of American processed cheddar cheese on top of an apple pie? That is insane. <laughs> but that cheddar cheese tastes of absolutely nothing. True. So. Yeah, this is how mad that like they're how seriously they take. I think the funny thing about I mean, America in general, mm. but it includes when it comes to food. They do all these mad things. But then, like, if you were to laugh at it in America, they do not find it funny. No, no, they, they're deadly serious about it. It's the earnestness of it. Yeah, so it's so earnest. That Oklahoma State meal we were just talking about, which obviously is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but due to the worry concerns about the health implications, State Senator Brian Crane proposed a um, resolution you know, in the legal system, which would repeal the meal. Oh. Because it's official. It's the state meal. So <laughs> you got to repeal it officially. It did not pass. Just, <laughs> like, why are they wasting all this time on this? Like, fix the problems in your country. I know. What I will say about Oklahoma, in their defence, is their state stake is the ribeye. Oh, you got to respect which I'd that. Probably, that is the best. I'd, that'd probably be my yeah. stake as well. Yeah. Um... Now, I don't want to lower the tone, but mm. New Jersey, mm. just New Jersey, <laughs> um, they, their state sandwich, and this is, I, I was struck by this because it's a 2023 development. They have a new state sandwich Do this they? year. And it is no none other than the Taylor Swift ham, egg and cheese. <laughs> Sandwich. Now, I did a bit of research into this. There's a decades-long debate in New Jersey about the naming of a local foodstuff called a pork roll. Right. Also known as Taylor Ham, <laughs> because it was <laughs> developed by a guy called John Taylor and used to be served as Taylor's Prepared Ham. Mm. Um Despite food labouring regulations since 1906 requiring Taylor and all other manufacturers to label it pork roll, people in northern New Jersey still call it Taylor Ham. No. <laughs> well, they mental. Um, and it runs along... So apparently, this is how, again, how little there is to do in New Jersey. The, the is it pork roll or Taylor Ham question is a notable element of New Jersey culture. <laughs> And the division over what name one uses divides the state along roughly north-south geography Oh, my God. So, earlier this year, in as recently as May 25th, 2023, the governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, um, declared the official state sandwich of New Jersey a Taylor Swift ham, (laughs) egg and cheese. The reason being... That later that week, which was Memorial Day weekend, Taylor Swift was playing a gig in New Jersey. So they named their national dish, their state dish after her. Yeah. Officially voted that through the state legislature. Yeah. These people. It's tragic, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, It's got a couple more for you. Mm. The Rhode Island State Appetizer... Calamari. <laughs> Good choice. And um, the, I mean, throwing it right back to the top, and when we were talking about Jello, mm. That's the favourite snack food state sanction of Utah. <laughs> However, it's not official. Uh, because that's... it was recognised. So this is why, officially, it's not the state snack food. It's only a favourite snack food. Because it was recognised by Senate resolution only. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, so, Congress yet. Exactly. Uh, 
House of Representatives. Interesting. Yeah. What I also liked um, when we were talking about this over there, not two things. Firstly, it was about 15 states chose milk as their state beverage. Yeah, they love that. It's a bit of a coward's way out. Like I think so, yeah. You should have hard liquor. As they Milk's would say. a coward's drink. It's Milk's, famously yeah. like babies' drink. Yeah, exactly. Why are you a bunch of babies? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, how many other non-food items? Uh, yeah, they have also made official insignia of their states. So, um, surprisingly, you might think uh, around. Well, just scrolling down that list, about twenty odd states have a state dog. Of various different breeds. <laughs> you know, you've got your Golden Retrievers in Delaware. You've got your Chesapeake Bay Retrievers in Maryland. Uh, you've got your it's just weird. Great it's like, Bane in Pennsylvania. Get your own dog. You can't oh, exactly. claim Golden yeah. Retriever. for that's, They're not from there, are they? No, I don't, I don't think so. American Foxhound in Virginia. That feels like it might be. But it's, it's really uh, the likes of Georgia... New Jersey, who are um, they're going for the I don't know how to describe it, kind of the uh, the easy vote when it comes to best state dog, the sympathy vote. That's how I'll describe it. Uh, so Georgia's state dog is not a breed; it's the concept of the adoptable dog. For God's sake! <laughs> and New Jersey's dog again is not a specific breed; it's the seeing eye dog is the state dog of New Jersey. Okay. Um, I mean, it's again, going back to what we were saying about um, how they eat out three times a day because it's un-American not to. Yeah. I feel like we, we, we noticed when we were there last time, like we wanted to do some like vintage shopping, secondhand mm. shopping. And it's really not much of a thing over there. And I think the reason is because it's un-American to buy things secondhand. Oh, absolutely. It's like, you're not helping corporations. You're, you're putting, helping, out the big, yeah. putting the big corporations out of business. Yeah. So I reckon, like, fair play to Georgia and New uh, Jersey because it's like, they're in general, they'd be dog. thinking, like, you're putting the puppy farms out of business by yeah. adopting a dog. Yeah. Shop don't adopt is the American way, I would yeah. say, in general. So yeah. well, fair good for them. Yeah, yeah. okay. I've changed my mind on that. Yeah. Um, would you adopt a dinosaur? <laughs> just because that's that, my dream that is uh, many many US states have a state dinosaur many others have a state fossil which often types of dinosaurs uh, and many others also have avian dinosaurs under their list of state birds wow. so pretty much every state has some sort of dead reptile as, as, as a state insignia based on um, fossils that have been found there presumably based on fossils that have been found there um Otherwise, it's mental. A lot in the not. southwest, I imagine. Yeah, it gets smaller. <laughs> Dinosaurs big. State microbe. Multiple wow. states have a state microbe beyond the naked eye. <laughs> beyond the naked eye. So, and and this is a recent phenomenon. So, the first state microbe uh, was voted in by Oregon um, in 2013. So, just ten years ago, which is. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the Latin name, but it's the microbe that is within yeast or brewer's yeast specifically. Okay. So the yeast that makes uh, beer and it was voted in for its significance in the craft beer industry in Oregon. Respect. Yeah. Um, but since then, several other states have uh, have voted in a, a state microbe, um, such as penicillin in Illinois. I mean, it's probably one of the best microbes. Yeah. Uh, in terms of usefulness. Was made, was, well, it was credited, obviously, to Alexander Fleming, who was Scottish, so not quite sure what the connection to Illinois is. But, you know, whatever. Fair play to them. Um, and then it gets super American when you get into the list of uh, US state firearms. Oh, yeah. So a handful, about 10 or 11 states, have a have a state firearm predictably you know it's the usual suspects texas tennessee west virginia alaska arizona kentucky you know these guys are in a certain mental headspace that the rest of us aren't in mental being the operative <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the state of firearm of Arizona is the Colt single action army revolver. Of course um, it is. Tennessee, they've got the Barrett M82. Yeah. Utah, you've got the M1911 pistol. And of yeah. course, you, Texas, you've got the Colt Walker. Well, shit. Yep. That, um, I mean, very extremely American. <laughs> mm. And it brings to mind, we're nearly out of time, but it brings to mind something, I'd say a highlight of our American adventures. Um, way back in oh, 2017, when we drove New York to San Francisco, we went to San Jose. We went to the Winchester Mystery House, as it's now known. Um, presumably, it used to just once be known as the Winchester's House. Yeah. Um, a mansion in San Jose, California, which was the home of the Sarah Winchester, who was the widow of firearms magnate William Wirt Winchester. So, who I think, off the top of my head, invented the repeating rifle. Yeah, so, the Winchester repeating rifle. Winchester repeating yeah. rifle. So, yeah. he, um, this was, it was like an innovation in firearms, which yeah. meant that you could fire way quicker than before. Using a rifle. And loads of people died in, let's say, World War one or before that as well I feel like American it was, yeah I feel like it was like American yeah killing each other killing Native Americans Civil yeah. War that kind of era I think yeah and just in general around the world he exported lots of them to various conflicts yeah so and so she she ended up she died in 1922 um, and William Winchester died in 1881 so she had a good 40 years living in this house which mm. she had built after his death and she was haunted certainly psychologically possibly <laughs> literally <laughs> by the ghosts as she saw it of the many many people that had died at the hands of a winchester rifle mm. and her solution to this problem was that she would build a house and keep on building it um in order to confuse the ghosts yes. that were haunting her and so you go to this house and it's like this amazing, um, I mean, described here as Victorian and Gothic mansion. Um, but it's looks kind of normal from the outside, just amazing house. From the yeah, outside. just a big wooden house kind wooden, of. Like, yeah. true American style. Yeah. But then when you go inside, there's all sorts of bizarre features that were uh put in there to confuse the ghosts. So it's like stairs, there'll be like a set of stairs um, that goes up to sort of a trapdoor in the ceiling and then you just open it and it's just ceiling, there's nothing yeah. there. And there's doors that open, it's just a wall behind yeah. it. And it, there's literally like probably dozens of these things in this house. Yeah. Like, and it's... Doors to nowhere or doors bizarre. to like the same room you're already in and all, all sorts of nonsense just to trick the ghosts that... Yeah. Um, all in Cub- this cupboards into rooms and cupboards into nowhere and trap doors and windows windows is a big one as well windows into the next room so you think it's a window but then it's next it's actually not it's the next room things yeah like that. it's bizarre it's creepy yeah but also kind of cool um and she supposedly so she thought that if the house ever stopped being built she would die be killed by the ghosts mm. so she she carried on at great expense presumably having these mad alterations and additions done to the house um yeah so if you're ever in san jose you gotta go there get yourself down to the winchester mystery house they actually released a film uh, a few years back starring helen mirren as sarah winchester and it was like a lot of the best horror films absolutely terrible yeah and actually on our tour it was pre the film coming out so that we weren't allowed to take any photos because it was a copyright issue so the filming had been done, but the film hadn't come out in the cinemas yet, and so they prevented us from taking any photos. It was a real shame because it would have been good, but they said that was a, that was a copyright thing um, until the film came out about yeah. taking photos. So fair enough. Um, anyway, I think on that note, it's probably time to end. No, you want to say something else? One more ghost segue. Yeah, please. Um, from ghosts. Of Winchester Rifles to Hungry Ghosts yeah. across America on our most yes. recent trip, May and June 2023, we posted a lot of Hungry Ghosts stickers on the backs of toilet doors, bathroom doors, you might call them if you're American, 
um, all over the pretty much the the deep south, various other places, you know, lamp posts, etc. So if you are a subscriber because you've seen a hungry ghost sticker, please do message us on Instagram. We would love to hear from We'd you. We'd love to know that all the effort and expense was worthwhile. <laughs> exactly. Just for one listener would make it. Worthwhile one listener would make it. Yeah, worth the idea that someone was sitting there in one of those bizarre, enormous American toilet stalls, <laughs> sitting on your long toilets with your deep, massive, massive deep water pool of water, that you saw that and you thought, I'm going to give those guys a little listen. Yeah. It would mean the world to us. It would indeed. Uh, which reminds me to say as well, uh, if you've made it this far, good on you, but uh, <laughs> give us a review. Yeah. Uh, subscribe, follow, tell your friends. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.